When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the tunnel. In the tunnel. In the tunnel. You're listening to In the Tunnel. Welcome to In the Tunnel. Today is Tuesday, June 26th, 2018. We're talking NHL and NBA drafts, and we are talking baseball if we get to it. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Sean. And we're going to jump right into it. So let's talk hockey draft first. So um, uh, obviously everybody expected the first overall pick was Rasmus Dahlin from Sweden by Buffalo, uh, best player available at the draft, and Buffalo really needed anything, so they couldn't really go wrong. He's a defenseman. Then, uh, and again, as everybody expected, second overall pick was Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, he's a wing, and everybody says he's the second best player at the draft. Um, but where it really gets weird is what Montreal chose at third. They choose this guy named Jesperi Kotakinemi or whatever. Um, a center, which, I mean, if we'll get to that later. But, yeah, he's, like, you. they passed up, like, five other better guys for this guy. It makes no sense, this pick. Like, so who would you have taken at three if you were the Canadians? I would take the best player available and... Um, at that pick, it's a toss-up between Brady Kachuk and Philip Zadina. Mm-hmm. Now, were the Canadians a team that needed uh, uh, someone everywhere, or were they a team that had specialty needs? Well, I mean, you could say they needed a center because they drafted six of them. Okay, but, I mean, not every one of those centers, obviously, has a chance to make the NHL roster well, right away. Well, we're talking but, about the Canadians, so you don't know. I guess, but I don't, I don't see them being like the Leafs a couple years ago, where like they were lucky enough to have all that talent right away, and everybody perform at a high yeah, level. I feel like there's a learning curve. I also feel like, since you, 
you basically you got third place in the draft lottery. You have to take Zadina. He's a right wing. It's not like he can't take a face off. He just plays the wing, so he won't take many face offs. Right. So I don't see why you pick Yesperi Kotkaniemi over Zadina or Kachuk, who are both wingers. Yeah, I mean, it seems a little bit weird. Uh, and just to go back, uh, what was it? Sveknikov uh, went to the Hurricanes at number two? Yeah, he went to the Hurricanes at number two. Yeah. All right, just want to make sure we touched on that. Um, so that there was your first surprise. didn't take long. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Finland, dude, uh, at number three. Um, sure, I mean... Why not? And then, like, to round out the rest of the picks, right? Brady Kachuk, who I was saying, him and Zadina are the next two best players, and it's really a toss-up between the two. So I don't mind Ottawa picking Kachuk there. Mm -hmm. Then Arizona also passes up Zadina for Barrett Hayton. Um, Arizona, of course, being a team that needs everybody anyway, and it, it was kind of weird that... Zadina falls uh, another spot when Arizona's clearly in and has been in a rebuilding mode for years. It's like, why not yeah, take the, but the best talent? I don't, I'm not, like, super surprised that they took a center here, and I would actually probably take this guy over Kotkaniemi also. Yeah. Um, Just because I think, I think he, he has more of an upside right now, and Arizona, they've been picking in the dumps so much that they have players, young players. Yeah, so I can see why they would pass up on Sedina. I don't agree with it, but mm -hmm. I'm not super surprised. See, for me, when it comes to the Arizona Coyotes, my fear is like, like you said, they've been picking in these high draft picks for so long. My question is, is does it translate? Like, it, you're, the player development is only as good as uh, the development uh, personnel. And the organization allows them to tap into that potential. And if that's not good, I then mean, th I, there's a, a chance that that doesn't work. But I do think their uh, AHL team, I think the Tucson Roadrunners, are one of the better AHL teams. So they have to be doing something right. But yeah. I just don't think that their transition, uh, that their coaches, I don't think can do transitioning their game well. I, I do think they're able to develop players. Like, you see guys get traded out of uh, Arizona all the time. Sure, they don't make it big, but they still are able to perform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, mean I really do think it's not on like the AHL coaching staff. Uh, and the player's talent, it's more on the staff's ability to help them transition from that AHL game to the NHL game. Yeah, no, you're you're right. And I, uh, I'm. It, it's kind of like with, with the Cleveland Browns. You want to see them do well. I'm kind of like with that with the Coyotes. Like I want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see them succeed. Uh, I, I get tired of seeing cellar dwellers kind of like just stay there for years and years. 
Yeah, I I understand, but I do think it's more of an like staff problem than it is a player problem. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying is uh, which, like I feel like why... the development of their prospects comes yeah. down to the development staff. Yeah, but that's why I'm I'm okay with them picking a center here because I do think that's probably one of their more needed positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because out of the oh okay out of Montreal, Ottawa, and Arizona, I'm more okay with Arizona's choice to pass Zadina. The I'm right. I'm most okay with that one, and then I'm okay with Ottawa because I think Kachuk is a comparable player. He just has a different play style. So if Ottawa's going to go towards that play style with this guy, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi makes no sense at pick three. Yeah, I mean, you you feel very strongly about that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, like, so Detroit ends up getting Zadina at pick six, which I think is a huge steal for them. They, like, If I was Detroit, I would not expect Zadina to be there. Because if I was them, you're probably, like, depending on their needs, which I don't know much of, they're either picking, like, uh, Hughes, who went next, or like a Hayton or Kokinami. <laughs> See, my thing is is, or my question to you, I should say, is uh, Zadina going to make Detroit's roster right away? I think he has a great chance of it. Okay, because I, Detroit's built their lineup for years on uh, established veteran presence. Yeah, but I mean, like, they are rebuilding obviously they, technically. Right, and obviously they have these bloated contracts on guys who like were uh, proven veterans who got overpaid to come to Detroit and try to salvage things like playoff streaks, and it didn't work out, but those guys are still there. Yeah, so but I mean, it, it's you not have like a... anybody's gonna buy the buy out those uh those huge contracts, uh, or like no other team is gonna like want to overpay so that Detroit calls up Zadina sooner. But you have this guy is on a like a, a entry level contract right now, and Lay, I think he can make it. There's definitely slots for him, even though they do have these bloated contracts. It's not like it fills their roster. Right, I'm just saying, like, if he's up, then who goes down? Or, oh, I mean... Because, like, not everybody has a two-way contract, and you can send them to the AHL. Yeah, it may, may mean that somebody gets released. Of yeah. Termination. yeah, which it's... Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Detroit is not a good team, and they're on a rebuild. So getting rid of somebody uh, who kind of, like, was um, just a filler role because they had no one better at the NHL level, and replacing him with a top 10 pick is kind of a no-brainer. But at the same time, you have to make the right move to yeah, do that. Yeah, but like, I mean... You can't, you can't gamble on that move. He's you also he's one sure. guy, right? And I think yeah, he has... exactly. Like, he has a really good chance of making the team just by his skill alone. It's not like they're going to... like. Again, with roster cuts and everything, he might just make the team based on skill alone. Because even though they do have those bloated contracts, he's on an entry level. So he can balance out that bloated contract for three years. 
And not only that, actually, now that you mention it, that he probably opens up a shit ton of cap space. Yeah. Like his corresponding move can help to build around him in a sense. Yeah, because again, he's on entry level contract, which is right. But nothing also, for a cap hit. It also, yeah, it also, but that also depends on the corresponding move on of uh, who gets bought out. Yeah, because you have to put those numbers on the books, don't you? Yeah. So, like in theory, you're getting rid of a contract, but you're just paying it off. But you also have three years to figure out this situation. If you have Zadina up, you have three years Mm -hmm. to figure out the situation until he needs to get paid. So, it's not like it's immediate. You have some time, but if you make the right moves over the next two years to alleviate some of that space, you're fine. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, I'm just curious to see how it all goes down because this is probably one of the more interesting uh, stories or to pay attention to now is seeing a team like Detroit trying to turn over a new leaf like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else we got? Um. So at I'm going to talk about pick seven and eight together. So, um, at seven, Vancouver picked Quinton Hughes defenseman and at eight chicago picked adam bobquist bob i can't pronounce that uh also a defenseman from sweden um looks like boquist huh looks like boquist boquist okay um but i think they're two comparable players like i I could you could see them flipping and it would be the same but they are the next two best defensemen in the draft past dalin so I'm not surprised to see them go there. Okay. Um, and then... Was it the... Oh, I'm sorry. You were at 7 and 8. My bad. Yeah. Keep going. And then at 9, you had uh, Vitelli... I can't even pronounce that Russian name. Kravs... Kravstov? Kravitsov? Kravtsov. Is that the right pick for the Rangers? Because, you know, they're going through a big rebuild for like I, the first time in years, too. I don't know. I think I think this is a pretty defenseman-heavy draft. but And I think they probably could have picked one. But we'll have to see. Because, again, this guy is also... He's in Russia. So mm-hmm. you have to make sure your con- the contract is right and everything. I, I'm not sure what's surrounding his contract in Russia and when he can get over. Yeah. Cause that, that's the bigger problem I have with that pick is uh, I just hadn't researched around the contract. So w- what is the situation with him getting over to the United States? You think that the, the hurricanes are going to have a similar problem with no. Sveshnikov? No, he's in, he's in the OHL already. Okay. So he's, he's fine. Okay. Um, and then, Running out the top ten, you had Evan Bouchard go to the Oilers. Yeah, another defenseman, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, again, this is a very defenseman-heavy draft. So, what? That's five defensemen in the top ten. Oh, or four, four, four. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I like... was thinking they'll be uh, like I was thinking like we could have seen half of the top ten be defensemen, and we we're pretty close. Well, considering how you have more forwards on the ice and defensemen, like that's you know way way in according to numbers, it 
three of five of your position players, not including the goaltender, a majority are forwards, this kind of falls right into the numbers. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I know it, it does fall into the numbers, but this this draft was heavy on really good defensive talent. So mm-hmm. you would see, like, I, you see teams like Chicago and Vancouver both picking defensemen, right? And, I mean, I think they were the best available, and I, do, I don't see- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See a full need for a defenseman, aside from Chicago's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because their defensive core is getting old, but like Vancouver, they're losing right the Sedin twins, and they really can use whatever best piece there is, and, and they chose defensemen because defensemen are really good this draft. Yeah, no, you're right, and it, especially for Chicago, like you said, with the, uh, an aging defensive core, they obviously need it. Yeah, and they even at pick eight, like that—that's like already the third defenseman to go in the draft. That's really rare for a draft nowadays. Yeah, because and, and a lot of go, go ahead. Yeah, a lot of teams will stack forward talent at the beginning of the draft because that seems like the more hot commodity. Yeah, you can use that probably more uh, in trades too, further down the road. Yep. Because, like, when you get to trade deadlines and, like, teams need scoring depth and all of a sudden that those kinds of things become really uh, kind of, like, seen as a prize, whereas defenseman is more like a reinforcement kind of thing when you're looking to acquire. Yep. So... Uh, and this draft, it was a little different. You didn't really have a lot of big trades uh, that came out of it. Um, yeah, most of the trades are happened way previously, and we already knew what was going to go on. Yeah. I mean, we do have a few deals. Um, obviously, there was this whole Mike Hoffman thing where, like, I don't even understand the full story. Was it, like, his girlfriend or fiance or whatever? And they Accused were of... of, like... Uh, was it abuse towards or not yeah. like verbal abuse and threatening towards uh, Eric Carlson and his family? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, which obviously was like extraordinarily fucked up, uh, and it was so bad that the Senators were already trying to trade him, and they had to like severely reduce the asking price because, like, at first I think they wanted a first round pick. And a, a but that was never for, gonna happen. Right, it wasn't gonna happen, especially, and then you add to it with the big story. So it ended up being that the Sharks uh, traded for him for like a fifth round pick and a defenseman, and then the Sharks immediately flipped him to the NHL's retirement home, the Florida Panthers, uh, for a seventh round pick. In the, or, this sorry, year, for a second round pick, fourth round pick, and fifth round pick. Yeah, so um, 
Florida Panthers got Hoffman and a seventh round pick. And they get next year's second round pick from Florida. This year they got the fourth round pick from Florida and the fifth round pick from Florida. Yeah. So uh, that dude's career is probably going to be over. I I wouldn't trust that he's going to be on a roster for a long time. And then the other thing to happen was uh, the Avalanche got Brooks Orpik and Philip Grubauer from the Capitals for the second round pick of this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And, then, and uh, they subsequently is, bought Orpic out, which became yeah. official uh, today as we're recording this, the 25th. Yeah, and uh, I read that uh, the Capitals may be trying to bring Orpic back at a cheaper price. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I mean yeah, that's the main rumor. Because, mm-hmm. um, what was he owed, like eight, some, eight points something mil? Yeah. And there's just no way that the Capitals could keep uh some key pieces that may have been up for like contract extensions or new deals next summer uh it, with that kind of uh deal sitting for an aging Brooks Orpic and he's still a solid defenseman but uh there's just no way he's worth that kind of uh cap hit anymore yep um and then you had the Calgary Flames they acquired Ford Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin from the Hurricanes for Michael Fearlin and Dougie Hamilton. And Adam Fox. Right. Uh, I mean, look, I that, live in North Carolina. The only one I've heard of is Lindholm. Um, I think they're actually both pretty good. I, I don't, like, if you're a Hurricanes, that's not bad. No, I think that the Hurricanes got a pretty nice package in return. I think Dougie Hamilton's a pretty good player. Well, I mean... The Flames acquired, right? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, Furland is okay. Hamilton is... Eh, I think he's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure uh, Fox I've never heard of. He's uh, probably... A, I, I, we could be wrong. I think he's a prospect. Yeah, probably. Um, but then Lindholm know. and Hannafin are great acquirings for the Flames, but, you know. They are. I just... I, I feel like uh, Carolina is looking to rebuild... Um, it, they obviously, they haven't done it yet with, like, Jordan Stoller, uh, and they probably still have hope for some of their younger guys, like Aho. um, but they are probably more likely to build around, like, Sebastian Aho and, um, you know, keep Stoller around as a veteran leader, um, yeah. Until his contract runs out, and then try to build internally, um, and then they um, is just Justin Williams is still in the Hurricanes, right? Or did, did he, he retire? Have a multi-year contract? I thought it was one year. Oh, uh, well, we'll find out next year. <laughs> um, that's yeah. So the the last uh, trade or signing that I wanted to bring up um, was uh. The LA Kings acquired, signed Ilya Kovalchuk to a three-year contract with a six and a quarter million average annual value. All right, so why don't you give us a little backstory on that because you probably know it better than anybody. Well, yeah. So uh, Ilya Kovalchuk used to be a forward for the Devils all the way back in 2012, um, where we got to the playoffs and went pretty far. Uh, mm-hmm. He. He um 
is famous for getting that uh, offer for a 17-year, $102 million contract, which was rejected by the league, um, that the Devils then, because we offered it, had to uh, got like some sanctions against. Mm-hmm. Um, we restructured the deal to a 15-year, $100 million contract, which was okay, and he signed. And after the 2012 season, he's like, I'm going back to Russia. Yeah, like, I don't think that the NHL is right for me anymore. Like, I, I want to be back like, home, I'm homesick. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. credited homesickness. Like, that wasn't there when he was about to sign the ludicrous, or um, not ludicrous, lucrative contract. But Pretty it, it showed up too. after. Yeah, it, well, yeah, if you got sanctions coming at you, then uh, for sure. Yeah, so we were supposed to give up our first round pick in the three years afterwards. We didn't do it the two years he stayed on that contract with us. Then he left, and then they gave us the 30th pick in the draft that year. Mm -hmm. We forfeited whatever pick we would have had. Damn. Yeah, so a hefty price to pay for a guy who showed no loyalty to to the organization yeah and like i didn't understand like he's like oh, i'm homesick i'm like what you do with all those years on the thrashers and then yeah. these couple of years on the devils like what yeah like i mean nothing says homesick like having to play hockey in atlanta <laughs> like could you be any further away from your natural habitat as a hockey player yeah although i guess if you're in california or texas uh, I don't know. There's gonna know. be a couple warm, of, yeah, warm weather cities. I yeah, think. like Arizona, uh, but I mean Austin yeah, Matthews exa- came from there, so yeah. But like it's a number, you know. Like every once in a while, you strike, you know, you hit gold. So mm-hmm. like you know, every there's gonna be someone from you know uh, an uncommon place every once in a while. It doesn't mean. That they can't be successful, obviously, but it, it, it's Austin Matthews doesn't make Arizona a hockey state. It does. It, it's still not. Um, it's just you know, like I said, every once in a while you hit gold. Yeah. Yeah, and but like I just I don't agree with that contract. I don't like he's thirty five years old now because he had to be thirty five to come back as a unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see him being worth $6.25 million. I mean, it's just the rink they play on in Russia is quite a bit different. Um, and we all saw the failed, uh, was it Vadim Shipachev thing? Who? Shipachev from, uh, the Golden Knights. They signed him for like $9 million and then they tried to demote him to the Wolves, and he wouldn't go, so they released him. I don't remember that. That was back at the beginning of the again, season. I could Buddy very much be wrong. He fit, like, he's actually on Kovalchuk's team, I'm pretty sure. SKA St. Petersburg or something like that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were on his team. Well, no, after you he know, left in all the years of lo- Yeah, well, in all the years of loyalty, he showed Russia after... <laughs> yeah, but like I just don't think he's worth uh, the like almost nineteen million dollars they're giving him for three years. Yeah, I mean a lot of hockey players don't get that kind of deal. 
Especially, but my thing is, he's 35. He's not at the up of his years. He's not at the point where we were going to offer him a hundred million dollars to stay for 15 years. Take it, take it from a Penguins fan who saw like draft picks or high draft picks getting paid or, or traded away for like Alexei Kovalev when he was 40 years old. There's always teams who will overpay, and yeah. you know it's just the luck of the draw. This time around, it was the Kings, and be happy it wasn't your team. I mean, it definitely wasn't going to be my team. Uh, No, I'm just making a generic statement. I know it wasn't going to be your team, plus all the Devils fans in the world that I know uh, didn't want him back. Oh, heck no. You guys burned that bridge very quick. Well, I mean, he's still a a good player. I don't think he's great, but Mm. I just think... The way he left makes me not want him back. Not not the type like he's a gr- good player. It would be good to have him on the team. I just wouldn't want him back due to how the situation around how he left. Mm. But well, then again, he did save us from like that cra- crazy rule that Vancouver is about to suffer from because of Luongo and their dumb contract that was long. Mm-hmm. No, but wasn't it? Uh, wasn't there something last year when like the rumors first came in about Kovalchuk wanting a return, or like a couple years ago? And didn't the Devils like have a a meeting with your with like players and stuff about like if they wanted him back or well, not? No, because it, at that point in time they had his rights. Yeah, well, no. I mean, it was always gonna be trade. We would have like teams would have to trade us for his rights. Yeah. And I don't think there was a point where we would take him back at all. Okay, so I got that part wrong. Because you never know, because they were turning over the roster at that point in time. There could have been enough of like a, fr- a fresh look in the organization that those players didn't know yeah, but what happened. You're but... also, you're Ray Shiro, right? What's the impression you want to make on the fan base? Uh, win now. Does that include signing Kovalchuk? I mean, against all your fans. I mean, see, that's the thing is we both are fans of teams that Ray Shiro has been the GM of, and for the Ray Shiro that was that ran the Penguins, yes, but for the Ray Shiro that's running the Devils, no. Uh, at least not this early in his GM term at the Devils. I mean, he's not afraid to make a splash. I don't think it's... Oh, no. I But I think his moves have been well calculated yes. so far. Yes, yeah, so far. And, he... I mean, you have to be that calculated when you're getting into a new team, right? Yes, you, you absolutely have to be. In, and so, uh, I applaud him for actually the... being able to do that. I did not think he was going to be able to hold on. But, I like, he's not in the position where he would make that decision right he's not like tenured at the devils for a long time so good he's more worried about building the team rather than splashing for a playoff spot right now he's even said that when he first came yeah so you guys got a better version of him than we had yeah but kovalchuk would be against his ideals at that point yes and that's what i'm saying there's two different shares though well, I mean, there has always been two different shows. The one at the beginning of the GM term and the one at the end. Oh, I think he wasn't the GM 
when they were drafting in Pittsburgh, when they drafted Flurry and all those yeah, other guys. Yeah, but you guys had like multiple number one picks. We we did, but it's, Shira wasn't the GM. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it was, was not um, hard to be your GM during the draft at that point. Right, but it was um Craig Patrick or something like that. Mm-hmm. He had been there like from the nineties, and then you know after a while it was like with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. See the latest designs from your favorite brands, including Thermador, at your local Ferguson showroom. He was kind of like an outdated figure. Yep. Anyway, yeah. you got anything else for hockey? Well, no. I just uh, because the Devils are my team, I just wanted to, you know, talk about like their draft performance. Go for it. Uh, so yeah, the Devils they had the 17th pick in the first round, and we used it to acquire pick uh ty smith a defenseman Mm -hmm. um and to be fair like again how i said this uh draft was heavy on defensive talent i really didn't think ty smith would go drop down to 17 i always think he'd he'd be picked around like 14 13 because he's that good of a player right he has he has a pretty good two-way game for being one of the youngest players draft eligible in the WHL Mm -hmm. and he has a pretty good offensive upside too so he can like maybe give him a year in Binghamton maybe he makes the team you never know but again I think he's ready to come to the NHL in a maximum after one season in in the AHL it's not a bad Um, bad draw at all yeah, and then um, we didn't have picks in the second or third round. We traded them to make the playoffs. Well, mm-hmm. I don't mind because we had like nine picks last year. Uh, okay. And we used it to pick another defenseman, Xavier Bernard, who um, is actually like, I think he's also a steal. Like, there are so many good defensemen that I thought would go earlier that I was thinking Xavier Bernard might not last the third round. Hmm. And we got him in the middle of the fourth. And, I mean, I think he needs more work, but you give this guy, like, two years, three years, and he can make, like, a third pairing. Sounds like a lot to be optimistic about. Yeah. Um. And then the only, like, then we picked up a goalie because we uh, lost one of, like, contract expired on one of our goalies, uh, Eddie Lack, so no problem there. Uh, and then we kept up our tradition for the past three years of drafting some guy named Igor. 
Um, so yeah, draft is overall pretty good. I'm sorry, that's a trend? Well, yeah, for the past three years, we've drafted some guy named Yegor. Oh, I thought you were going to say Igor. Yegor, Y-E-G-O-R. Okay. I was going to say, there's t-shirts to be made if it's Igor. No. Just three Igors, and, you know, just set it up like a young Frankenstein poster. Yeah, and this guy, I think he's, um... He's under contract in the KHL for next season, but not after that. So he might come over. We don't know. We'll find out in due time. Yep. But, I mean, drafted a little later, so I think you can be a little more patient with him. Yeah, but also, again, he's from Russia. So you're, like, unless you're Ovechkin, you're not getting picked really high for... Because you don't know how the contract situation with the KHL is going to work out. Yep, a, re- a regular Kovalchuk. <laughs> so, like, uh, draft value of Russians in the NHL draft does tend to take a small hit due to that fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's enough evidence to prove that. So, right. I mean, that's what, that's else you what I want to talk about. All right. I, I didn't pay too much attention. The Penguins drafted some dude in the second round who, um, I don't know if it was like an OHL team or some other team. They actually had two picks in the second round. Yeah, they did. WHL. To them for valuing the second round more than uh, the first round. Um, but, like, one of the guys that they drafted – I guess the year before they drafted like his best friend. So oh. got to see the behind the scenes of that. Like just in, in typical hockey a guy fashion, they're just like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, and this is like kind of verbatim. Like I was like, I can't believe this is happening. That's crazy. And there's absolutely no emotion to it. And then that was basically the whole dialogue. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah I can't believe this a- is happening. Yeah. <laughs> They picked up a guy in the second, third, or the final third of the second round. So 2022, pick 22 of the second round. Defenseman. Mm -hmm. Should be pretty good defenseman. Like, again, the defensive talent this year was really up there. So, you'll probably see a, a good amount of defensemen from this draft make it to the NHL. Yeah, I mean... The Penguins won't call any of those guys up uh, anytime soon, just because no, that's their, their I mean, brand. But I mean, he, he can still make a splash, I think. Yeah, uh, and we do need defensemen because um, that was like our big weakness this past year, and uh, you know we tried to solve the issue by like solving Matt Hunwick last year, and I think I don't think that solved it. Yeah, no, well he didn't even play. It turned out to be injury first and then crap second. So, I like, uh, I, I'm honestly just in favor of They don't have a lot of cap space, but I think they should just buy him out over the last two years of his contract. Hmm. He He's an older defenseman who's not – he doesn't fit in our system. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, look, he, he was like a better player on a really bad – Toronto team like 10 years ago um 
the fact that he's still around in the NHL, I guess kudos to him, but he does not belong on a contender. Fair enough. He, he needs to I go agree. back to a team like Colorado. Well, I mean, I don't know about that one. They're shaping up to be pretty good contenders for yeah, a while, I know, probably. Yeah, I understand that, but there he's like off the ice. He's still a leader. In Pittsburgh, they don't need him to be that. And if if they don't need him to be that, then everything that they need out of him is on ice production, and he's not contributing. Okay, so fair enough. he doesn't need to be there. Yeah, All okay, right. I agree. Alright, you ready to switch over? Yep, let's talk about the NBA draft. Yeah, so uh, the Suns, number one overall, they took the Arizona center, uh, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, very versatile big man who is very determined to prove that he can belong in today's modern NBA uh, and that he is better than the average uh productive big man in today's game number two marvin bagley the third the duke power forward goes to sacramento and then we had a trade uh luka Doncic, this Slovenian guard was selected by the hawks in number three and was later traded uh at to dallas who had number five who selected trey young and they swapped those picks and i think dallas gave Atlanta a future uh, first-round pick. So Dallas ends up getting Doncic, and uh, Trey Young goes to the Hawks. Do I have that right? Yep. And then uh, in between those picks, you had uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Michigan State forward, goes to Memphis. Uh, Number six, you have Mo Bamba, Texas center, going to Orlando. And if he's any good, he'll probably get his own Disney ride named after him because the name's already there. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., Duke Ford, goes to the Bulls. Uh, Colin Sexton, an absolute, like, this was probably a really good pick that I'm amazed that he dropped down to eight. But uh, point guard from Alabama goes to the Cavs. Um... The Knicks get Kevin Knox, who was, according to a lot of articles, he was supposed to be a steal in the draft, and a lot of Knicks fans are, like, they're just predisposed to, like, hating draft picks every year now. So I I don't know what they hate about this one because the Knicks are a team that needs everybody everywhere, Uh, best available kind of stuff. Um, And then number 10 was shaping up to be a feel-good story, uh, uh, the Philadelphia native or Philadelphia area native Mikhail Bridges, who went to Villanova, he was going to get drafted by the Sixers until later on in the night, uh, the Suns traded the number 16 pick Zaire Smith from Texas Tech and, um, and I think a pick, uh, next year or something like that in exchange for his rights. So the Philadelphia dude who was going to go from native college and pro in Philadelphia goes to Phoenix and well, there goes that narrative. So Um, I know you're a Suns fan. Yeah. So what do you think about the draft from your team's perspective? You know, I, cause I was watching it in the background when it was, they had the 16 pick 
and a couple picks before that, that Michael Porter Jr. dude, the guy who said that he was like Tracy McGrady, Kevin Durant, and stuff all in one. I was thinking like he's slipping. If he, they could get him at 16, then that would be huge because like we have, they have a point guard, Eulis, who he's like 5'9, but he's pretty good. He just really hasn't been given the full chance yet. And then they've got Booker, who they're obviously riding with as their star. They had Aiton. Uh, so really, if they weren't going to grab a point guard, then I would have wanted them to have picked up Porter Jr. just because of the versatility. And if he would have become what he was supposed to be going into college being the projected number one pick you know when the college season started I thought that would have been a steal but he wasn't there uh I had seen mock drafts that said that they wanted Zara Smith because he brought uh, athleticism along with really good defense but what they got in Mikhail Bridges was kind of the same thing, but a better quality player. Like, obviously, there's a reason why number 10 and number 16 are different in an NBA draft. Um, I would have liked to seen them take a point guard if they were really serious about upgrading at point guard. Uh, I think there's been a lot of word that came out recently they had uh, Alfred Payton, who was a, a lottery pick a few years ago for the Magic, who uh, the Suns renounced his rights yesterday. They, they don't want to um, give him a huge, huge deal. They're trying to become a player in free agency and pick up some, some good uh, role players uh, to play the wing and the guard uh, through that. So they're trying to clear up space. I think they did a decent job, and they did draft a guard at the number 31 pick who uh, is getting pretty good rave reviews. Um, so if it all translates well, then it's a really good draft. But the thing is, is because I'm going to stretch and say the number 31 pick is essentially still a first round pick because it's the top of the second round. Um, and I'm going to say, you know, if three quote-unquote first-round picks, if they all pan out well, it's obviously a great thing. If uh, you get two out of three, pretty good, uh, but... You're definitely expecting one. Yeah, you're expecting one, but the... And my thing is, Aiden might be the biggest question mark. Okay. Because we, we've seen big men in the past ten years bust in the NBA at the number one overall spot. You okay. had the Kwame Browns, you had the uh, Greg Odins. It, it, you know, it's, there's reason to believe that like this is the biggest risk-reward uh, position for a number one overall pick. Because big man who can do it all doesn't mean that big man will do it all. Yeah, so um, just uh, this shows you how much I... I paid attention to the NBA draft. Um, I just realized it was only two rounds. Yeah. Uh, I find that a little weird. Like, 
Yeah, especially when you watch a hockey draft that has like seven plus rounds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but hockey draft has seven rounds. NFL draft has seven rounds. MLB draft has like 20, but that's like a whole different... If not more. Huh? I think it is more than that. Yeah, we can stop at 20 because like I don't understand yeah. any of the players past like the fifth round anyway. Yeah, but that brings up a weird thing. It's like, I met someone recently and they're like, oh, someone who I know... Oh, yeah, some girl who I was uh, hanging out with once, and she was like, oh, some dude wrote on uh, a receipt that, like, and it ended up that he was drafted by an MLB team. And I was like, well, you know how many people get drafted by an MLB team? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, there's a good chance they just went to college anyway. <laughs> but not to get too far off it. And then... uh uh, getting back to the NBA draft, and then you have the the running joke of Grayson Allen going to Mormon country. He got drafted by uh, the Jazz, and the guy looks like Ted Cruz, Mitt Romney, obviously a Jazz super fan. So write your own narratives there. Uh, oh it's gonna be it's gonna be a debate 80, 82 debates a season. <laughs> and uh, also the funny thing is, I guess Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Rookie of the year, rookie of the year candidate for the Jazz. I guess when he was at Louisville, uh, did not like Grayson Allen tripping people and uh, tried to take a swing at him. Uh-huh. Or, or so now they're teammates. So that's great. You know, it all ends in paradise. Yep. As long as Mar- as paradise is Mormon country and people are uh, Mitt Romney's have, a super fan. Yeah, with. You know, and by super fan, still wears a button-down shirt underneath the jersey. Yep. Because that's what super fans do. They show up on their own attire and then probably get gifted a, a jersey from the organization. Yep. Um, so other than that, no big-time trades happen, which is weird because in the NBA there's always, you know, when you only have two rounds, uh, every pick has some value to it. You can... Get some really good yeah. players. Okay, I'm going to say something to counter that, right? You only have two rounds, so that means only 60 players are picked. There have to be more than 60 good and players that have a right. chance. Well, that's why they have Summer League and stuff like that. Yeah, they have all these unsigned guys who will compete for spots. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think that picks have... Like, when you have so few rounds, picks have less of a meaning, in my opinion. To because some extent, but you also have to remember the the roster is half the size of yeah, it's eight, all right? the other teams. Eight or nine? No, it's 12. 12? Oh. Yeah. 12. Okay, so well, it's not bad. But still, it's not bad, right? but still it's Hockey like roster is 20. Two of them are goalies, so 18 skaters. And they have seven rounds. Mm-hmm. NBA roster is 12. All position players mm-hmm. they have two rounds right my yeah. thing is right the only picks that really matter in my opinion are like the top 10 maybe 15 really because yeah. once in you terms of that, being able to turn it in for uh, an established player then yeah yeah but but once you pass that i feel like the skill gap between each player gets very small that yes. Getting a free agent who declared draft eligible instead of picking 58, the 58th pick of the draft is totally okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, look, outside of the quote-unquote lottery picks, the top 15, it's it's a drop-off in talent for sure. At yeah, least so most years. And then... That's why, after- like, I don't understand when teams say, like, oh, we acquired another team's second-round pick. Like, great, you got somebody, like, the 45th pick in the draft. Like, right. good for you. Right. And in rare cases, like, the second-round pick will turn into something special. But honestly, you're more likely to have someone come along and become a star at, from being undrafted than you are a second-round pick. Exactly. That That's my opinion, right? Right. Because, like, the second-round pick is, like, in today's NBA, the second-round pick is doomed to be waived uh, within, like, three years of being drafted, and then they'll go overseas. Whereas the uh, undrafted guy who has nothing to lose and will put his nose to the grindstone and really, uh, you know, surge and try to make it knowing like this could be his only and last shot, uh, is more likely to come out of nowhere and make some noise. Yeah. That's why, like, when some teams say, like, oh, we'll give you a second-round pick. If I was another team, it's like, what the hell do I care for that pick for? I mean, sometimes that trade goes down to, like, second-round pick for cash. Like, you know. Cash considerations. No, but like, wasn't there a trade recently? It was like player and second round pick for another player. Yeah, but I don't know who that was for. But there's a good chance that that they just really wanted that player off the team and threw in a second round pick. It may not have anything, you know, like yeah, it's a gimme thing. Cause Fair enough. Second round picks, so few of them will actually pan out to be something special. That's like, you'll take the second round pick because like, worst case scenario, you just wave the guy, but best case scenario, you get something special out of it. Yeah, but like, if, if the NBA draft had like, four rounds, I'd actually value that second round pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then the talent drop off from fourth round to undrafted free agent is still big enough to where that second round pick actually means something. Mm Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Um, but, like, man. as the draft is now, like, dude, all I care about is round one picks one to 15. Yep. And then the other thing was uh, Dwight Howard, who got traded to the Nets. They're working on a buyout for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because Dwight Howard apparently, quote-unquote, wants to play for a team he can help win now. That's not the Nets, obviously. Well, no, but the funny thing is is that every team that Dwight's been on that's been in that position has not won now. Yep. So, you know, at some point you would think that maybe he just changes his own narrative, but no, I guess he's just too stubborn to do that. Yep. And realize, like, his his ring-chasing days are over. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's all I got for the NBA. I mean, I got nothing else. You know, the Nets aren't making a splash. They had, like, pick 29, which I don't even I care mean, about. According to stuff I've read, like, the two picks that they have had um, were supposedly, like, very solid picks, but they're going to be guys who both of them were from overseas and probably won't be coming in to the NBA for a couple years. Like, yeah. they'll have to play the waiting game on that which isn't a bad thing if they develop their skills 
And trust me, the Nets weren't in a position where in the next two years they were making the playoffs anyway. Heck so no. you might as well just wait it out. Yeah. It's not the worst thing for them to be stockpiling talent. But still, like, you're you're taking risk on guys overseas, and it's not like Doncic, who is pretty shoo-in to be a good yeah, player. but the guys that they drafted are, like, 18, 19 years old. So yeah. it's not like they're, you know, going to come into the league 26 years old either. Like, yeah, there's time. There's time. True. And they're not polished prospects yet either. Mm-hmm. All right. And then uh, we'll do a, a quick bit of baseball, not too much. Um, but we'll go circle back to the AL East and the NL East. You got the Yankees and Red Sox tied at first place. You got the Rays in third, Blue Jays and Orioles rounding out the AL East. Yeah, so I mean, it's still Yankees and Red Sox first in the world. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, it, it's a 14-game difference between first and third yeah and yeah so so i mean uh, yeah and they're both playing really well both those teams in my opinion yeah i mean both of them are 50 plus game winners already yeah yankees are 50 and 25 so and uh red sox are 52 and 27 yeah and as you told me pre-show yankees have played less games so, I mean, percentage points play a difference there. Yeah. But ties yeah, so they, first. Um, Yankees have four games on the Red Sox currently. Yeah. Which kind of works to the Red Sox advantage later in the season. Yeah, but I mean, if, if the Yankees hot. are keeping up with the Red Sox right now, when they have a percentage, they have the higher percentage of wins, right? They, this mm-hmm. equal in the win-loss differential, right. which is why they're tied. But the Yankees, if they, like, through the season, they have to play right. But if they win those four games in hand, well, that plays out better for them. Because mm-hmm. the Red Sox have already given those four games, right? So Yeah. And then uh, in the NL East, the Braves are now in first place. They weren't the last time we checked in on them. Yeah, but I uh, mean, also, that division is still really close to the top three. So, it is. I'm just making an observation. Yeah. And then uh, the Phillies are in second. And I think the last time we checked on this, the Nationals were in first, and now they're in third. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a close division. Um, top three separated by less than, th- or by less, not less than, by three games or less uh, in the standings. And then you have the Mets at 12 and a half out Nationals, of first though, place. Yeah, Nationals, though, they're on a pretty big slide they're only they're three and seven in their last 10 so they gotta bounce back yeah Bryce Harper's having a bad year mm-hmm. and, and yeah it's, like you were it, saying yeah. the Mets and the Marlins round out the division yeah the Mets have fallen hard eh. again they're also three and seven in their last 10 though so yeah well it's not like they were gonna do anything exactly anyway a, so they can right but now. it's not exactly a gracious decline from the start of their season yeah <laughs> But yeah, uh, I mean, again, tight division for the NL East, not so much in the AL East, and you know, keep track of it and see how it goes. Yep. Didn't really uh, look into it too much this week. But anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I think uh, we covered everything. <laughs>
Yeah. So we'll come figure out what to talk about next week. We may have to have a fill-in. Uh, Sean's going to be out of town for a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, I'll be out of town for two weeks. So hopefully he finds a fill-in. Yeah, and if not, I'll just, you know, make weird voices for 15 minutes and publish it, and it'll be like, uh, pardon the interruption, I'll just argue with myself, and then, you know, the episodes won't be long, but they'll be funny. <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh, well, I've done worse things with my time. Alright, so we'll catch you guys next week, with the exception of Sean. See ya.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.